Chapter Twenty Two of The Imperialist by Sarah Jeanette Duncan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Well, Winter said Octavius Milburn, I expect there's business in this for you. Mr. Milburn and Mr. Winter had met in the act of unlocking their boxes at the post office elgin had enjoyed postal delivery for several years but not so much as to induce men of business to abandon the post-office box that had been the great convenience succeeding window inquiry in time the boxes would go but the habit of dropping in for your own noonday mail on the way home to dinner was deep-rooted and undoubtedly you got it earlier moreover it takes time to engender confidence in a postman when he is drawn from your midst and when you know perfectly well that he would otherwise be driving the mere watering-cart or delivering the mere ice as he was last year looks like it responded mr winter cheerfully the boys have been round as usual i told them they'd better try another shop this time but they seemed to think the old reliable was good enough to go on with this exchange to anyone in elgin would have been patently simple on that day there was only one serious topic in elgin and there could have been only one reference to business for walter winter the dominion had come up the day before with the announcement that mr robert farquharson who for an aggregate of eleven years had represented the liberals of south fox in the canadian house of commons had been compelled under medical advice to withdraw from public life the news was unexpected and there was rather a feeling among mr farquharson's local support in elgin that it shouldn't have come from toronto it will be gathered that horace williams as he himself acknowledged was wild the general feeling and to some extent mr williams's was appeased by the further information that mr farquharson had been obliged to go to toronto to see a specialist whose report he had naturally enough taken to party headquarters whence the dominion would get it as mr williams said by telephone or any quicker way there was williams it should be added was well ahead with the details as considerate as was consistent with public enterprise of the retiring member's malady its duration the date of the earliest symptoms and the growth of anxiety in mrs farquharson who had finally insisted and how right she was on the visit to the specialist upon which she had accompanied mr farquharson he sent round rawlins so that elgin was in possession of all the facts and walter winter who had every pretension to contest the seat again and every satisfaction that it wouldn't be against farquharson might naturally be expected to be taken up with them sufficiently to understand a man who slapped him on the shoulder in the post-office with the remark i have quoted i guess they know what they're about returned mr milburn it's a bad knock for the grits old farquharson having to drop out he's getting up in years but he's got a great hold here he'll be a dead loss in votes to his party i always said our side wouldn't have a chance till the old man was out of the way mr winter twisted the watch-chain across his protuberant waistcoat and his chin sank in reflective folds above his necktie 
above that again his nose drooped over his moustache and his eyelids over his eyes which sought the floor altogether he looked sunk like an overfed bird in deferential contemplation of what mr milburn was saying they've nobody to touch him certainly in either ability or experience he replied looking up to do it with a handsome air of concession now that martin's dead and jim fox come that howler over pink river they'll have their work cut out for them to find a man i hear fox takes it hard after all he's done for him not to get the nomination but they won't hear of it quite right too he's let too many people in over that concession of his to be popular even among his friends i suppose he has dropped anything there yourself no nor i when a thing gets to the boom stage i say let it alone even if there's gold in it and you've got a school of mines man to tell you so fox came out of it at the small end himself i expect but that doesn't help him any in the eyes of business men i hear said walter winter stroking his nose that old man parsons has come right over since the bosses in ottawa have put so much money on preference trade with the old country he says he was a liberal once and may be a liberal again but he doesn't see his way to voting to give his customers blankets cheaper than he can make them and he'll wait till the clouds roll by he won't be the only one either said milburn take my word for it they'll be dead sick and sorry over this imperial craze in a year's time every government that's taken it up the people won't have it the empire looks nice on the map but when it comes to practical politics their bread and butter's in the home industries there's a great principle at stake winter i must say i envy you standing up for it under such favorable conditions liberals like young and windle may talk big but when it comes to the ballot-box you'll have the whole manufacturing interest of the place behind you and nobody the wiser it's a great thing to carry the standard on an issue above and beyond party politics it's a purer air my boy walter winter's nod confirmed the sagacity of this and appreciated the high-mindedness it was a parting nod mr winter had too much on hand that morning to waste time upon octavius milburn but it was full of the qualities that ensure the success of a man's relation with his fellows consideration was in it and understanding and that kind of geniality that offers itself on a plain business footing a commercial heartiness that has no nonsense about it he had half a dozen casual chats like this with mr milburn on his way up main street and his manner expanded in cordiality and respect with each as if his growing confidence in himself increased his confidence in his fellow-men the same assurance greeted him several times over every friend wanted to remind him of the enemy's exigency and to assure him that the enemy's new policy was enough by itself to bring him romping in at last and to every assurance he presented the same acceptable attitude of desiring for particular reasons to take special note of such valuable views 
at the end he had neither elicited nor imparted a single opinion of any importance nevertheless he was quite entitled to his glow of satisfaction among mr winter's qualifications for political life was his capacity to arrive at an estimate of the position of the enemy he was never persuaded to his own advantage he never stepped ahead of the facts it was one of the things that made him popular with the other side his readiness to do justice to their equipment to acknowledge their chances there is gratification of a special sort in hearing your points of vantage confessed by the foe the vanity is soothed by his open admission that you are worthy of his steel it makes you a little less keen somehow about defeating him it may be that mr winter had an instinct for this or perhaps he thought such discourse more profitable if less pleasant than derisive talk in the opposite sense at all events he gained something and lost nothing by it even in his own camp where swagger might be expected to breed admiration he was thought a level-headed fellow who didn't expect miracles his forecast in most matters was quoted and his defeat at the polls had been to some extent neutralized by his sagacity in computing the returns in advance so that we may safely follow mr winter to the conclusion that the liberals of south fox were somewhat put to it to select a successor to robert farquharson who could be depended upon to keep the party credit exactly where he found it the need was unexpected and the two men who would have stepped most naturally into farquharson's shoes were disqualified as winter described the retirement came at a calculating moment south fox still declared itself with pride an unhealthy division for conservatives but new considerations had thrust themselves among liberal councils and nobody yet knew what the country would say to them the place was a grit stronghold but its steady growth as an industrial centre would give a new significance to the figures of the next returns the conservative was the manufacturers party and had been ever since the veteran sir john macdonald declared for a protective national policy and placed the plain issue before the country which divided the industrial and the agricultural interests a certain number of mill owners mr milburn mentioned young and windle belonged to the liberals as if to illustrate the fact that you inherit your party in canada as you inherit your denomination or your nose it accompanies you simply to the grave but they were exceptions and there was no doubt that the other side had been considerably strengthened by the addition of two or three thriving and highly capitalized concerns during the past five years upon the top of this had come the possibility of a great and dramatic change of trade relations with great britain which the liberal government at ottawa had given every sign of willingness to adopt had indeed initiated and were bound by word and letter to follow up though the moment had not yet come might never come for its acceptance or rejection by the country as a whole 
there could be no doubt that every by-election would be concerned with the policy involved and that every liberal candidate must be prepared to stand by it in so far as the leaders had conceived and pushed it party feeling was by no means unanimous in favor of the change many liberals saw commercial salvation closer in improved trade relations with the united states on the other hand the new policy clothed as it was in the attractive sentiment of loyalty and making for the solidarity of the british race might be depended upon to capture votes which had been hitherto conservative mainly because these professions were supposed to be an indissoluble part of conservatism it was a thing to split the vote sufficiently to bring an unusual amount of anxiety and calculation into liberal councils the other side were in no doubt or difficulty walter winter was good enough for them and it was their cheerful conviction that walter winter would put a large number of people wise on the subject of preference trade by and by who at present only knew enough to vote for it the great question was the practicability of the new idea and how much further it could safely be carried in a loyal dominion which was just getting on its industrial legs it was debated with anxiety at ottawa and made the subject of special instruction to south fox where the by-election would have all the importance of an early test it's a clear issue wrote an influential person at ottawa to the local party leaders at elgin we don't want any tendency to hedge or double it's straight business with us the thing we want and it will be till wallingham either gets it through over there or finds he can't deal with us meanwhile it might be as well to ascertain just how much there is in it for platform purposes in a safe spot like south fox the objection to carter is that he's only half convinced he couldn't talk straight if he wanted to and that lecture tour of his in the united states ten years ago pushing reciprocity with the americans would make awkward literature the rejection of carter practically exhausted the list of men available whose standing in the town and experience of its suffrages brought them naturally into the field of selection and at this point cruikshank wrote to farquharson suggesting the dramatic departure involved in the name of lorne murchison cruikshank wrote judiciously leaving the main arguments in lorne's favor to form themselves in farquharson's mind but countering the objections that would rise there by the suggestion that after a long period of confidence and steady going in fact of the orthodox and expected the party should profit by the swing of the pendulum toward novelty and tentative rather than bring forward a candidate who would represent possibly misrepresent the same beliefs and intentions on a lower personal level as there was no first-rate man of the same sort to succeed farquharson cruikshank suggested the undesirability of a second-rate man and he did it so adroitly that the old fellow found himself in a good deal of sympathy with the idea he had small opinion of the lot that was left for selection and smaller relish for the prospect of turning his honourable activity over to any one of them 
force of habit and training made him smile at cruikshank's proposition as impracticable but he felt its attraction even while he dismissed it to an inside pocket young murchison's name would be so unlooked for that if he farquharson could succeed in imposing it upon the party it would be almost like making a personal choice of his successor a grateful idea in abdication farquharson wished regretfully that lorne had another five years to his credit in the liberal record of south fox by the time the young fellow had earned them he the retiring member would be quite on the shelf if in no completer oblivion he could not expect much of a voice in any nomination five years hence he sighed to think of it it was at that point of his meditations that mr farquharson met squire ormiston on the steps of the bank of british north america an old-fashioned building with an appearance of dignity and probity a look of having been founded long ago upon principles which raised it above fluctuation exactly the place in which mr farquharson and squire ormiston might be expected to meet the two men though politically opposed were excellent friends they greeted cordially so you're ordered out of politics farquharson said the squire we're all sorry for that you know i'm afraid so i'm afraid so thanks for your letter very friendly of you squire i don't like it no use pretending i do but it seems i've got to take a rest if i want to be known as a going concern a fellow with so much influence in committee ought to have more control of his nerve centres ormiston told him the squire belonged to that order of elderly gentlemen who will have their little joke well have you and bingham and horace williams made up your minds who's to have the seat farquharson shook his head i only know what i see in the papers he said the dominion is a way out with fox and the express is about as lukewarm with carter as he is with federated trade your government won't be obliged to you for carter said mr ormiston a more slack-kneed double-jointed scoundrel was never offered a commission in a respectable cause he'll be the first to rat if things begin to look queer for this new policy of yours and wallingham's he hasn't got it yet farquharson admitted and he won't with my good will so you're with us for preference trade ormiston it's a thing i'd like to see it's a thing i'm sorry we're not in a position to take up practically ourselves but you won't get it you know you'll be defeated by the senior partner it's too much of a doctrine for the people of england they're listening to wallingham just now because they admire him but they won't listen to you i doubt whether it will ever come to an issue over there this time next year wallingham will be sucking his thumbs and thinking of something else no it's not a thing to worry about politically for it won't come through the squire's words suggested so much relief in that conviction that farquharson sharp on the flare of the experienced nose for waverers looked at him observantly i'm not so sure it's a doctrine with a fine practical application for them as well as for us if they can be got to see it and they're bound to see it in time 
it's a thing i never expected to live to believe never thought would be practicable until lately but now i think there's a very good chance of it and hang it all he added it may be unreasonable but the more i notice the yankees making propositions to get us away from it the more i want to see it come through i have very much the same feeling the squire acknowledged i've been turning the matter over a good deal since that last conference showed which way the wind was blowing and the fellows in your government gave them a fine lead but such a proposition was bound to come from your side the whole political history of the country shows it we're pledged to take care of the damned industries farquharson smiled at the note of depression well we want a bigger market somewhere he said with detachment and it looks as if we could get it now uncle sam has had a fright if the question comes to be fought out at the polls i don't see how your party could do better than go in for a wide scheme of reciprocity with the americans in raw products of course with a tariff to match theirs on manufactured goods that would shut a pretty tight door on british connection though they'll not get my vote if they do said the squire thrusting his hands fiercely into his breeches pockets as you say it's most important to put up a man who will show the constituency all the credit and benefit there is in it anyhow farquharson observed i've had a letter this morning he added laughing from a fellow one of the bosses too who wants us to nominate young murchison the lawyer that's the man he's too young of course not thirty but he's well known in the country districts i don't know a man of his age with a more useful service record he's got a lot of friends and he's come a good deal to the front lately through that inter-imperial communications business we might do worse and upon my word we're in such a hole farquharson said old squire ormiston the red creeping over features that had not lost in three generations the lines of the old breed i've voted in the conservative interest for forty years and my father before me we were whigs when we settled in massachusetts and whigs when we pulled up stakes and came north rather than take up arms against the king but it seemed decent to support the government that gave us a chance again under the flag and my grandfather changed his politics now confound it the flag seems to be with the whigs again for fighting purposes anyhow and i don't seem to have any choice i've been debating the thing for some time now and your talk of making that fine young fellow your candidate settles it if you can get your committee to accept young murchison you can count on my vote and i don't want to brag but i think you can count on maneda too though it's never sent in a grit majority yet the men were standing on the steps of the bank and the crisp air of autumn brought them both an agreeable tingle of enterprise farquharson's buggy was tied to the nearest maple i'm going over to east elgin to look at my brick kilns he said get in with me will you as they drove up main street they encountered walter winter who looked after them with a deeply considering eye old armiston always had the imperial bee in his bonnet said he 
End of chapter 22